0: Welcome to the Illuminated Word podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word podcast. Our reading today comes from John chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. This is still part of the farewell discourse of Jesus, where he is celebrating Passover with his followers, his 12 closest disciples, and he's given them last instructions before he goes to the cross. Now we know Judas has already left the scene at this point, and the wheels are in motion. So the hour has come. Judas is gone. Jesus knows the time has come. Judas will go to betray him. And now he's given some teaching to the 11 that are left behind. He has just washed their feet and given them a model of servanthood, how they are to serve one another and to love one another. So Jesus in this passage will talk about the glory that is coming for him. He's going to be glorified. He is going to glorify his father. And then he's going to give them a new commandment. That's not so new, but it is new. So we'll look at that paradox in just a second. So let's go ahead and read this passage. This is once again, John thirteen, thirty-one through 35. When he had gone out, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I will also also say to you, where I am going you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So. Interesting here that Jesus talks about this glorifying God. This is speaking of the Father. He's going to glorify the Father by his obedience, by going to the cross and laying down his life as a sacrifice for us. So that will glorify God because it signals that God's kingdom is in breaking in what Jesus is doing. And then Jesus will be glorified by the Father. Now we know later in chapter 17, Jesus will pray to the Father and say, glorify me with the, the glory I had with you before the world ever existed. So there's this pre-existent glory that Jesus had with the father for all eternity, eternity. But there's also this sense of as the son of man, he will ascend to the father in victory. So there's going to be this glorification that Jesus, who was the suffering servant will also be the victorious servant who will ascend back to the right hand of the father and reign in glory and power and majesty. So this word glory is doxa. Think of the word doxology. Uh, it comes from that same word. So there is this sense of weightiness in the word glory. There's this sense of, of just majesty in this word glory. So the son will glorify the father. The father will glorify the son. And it's going to be something just beautiful. And then he talks about that he's going away. But he talks differently to his disciples than he did to the Jews. And when I say Jews, of course, the disciples are Jews, but the Jews that had rejected him, the Jewish authorities. Remember, Jesus told them earlier that he was going to go away and they'd be lost in their sins. But Jesus tells his disciples something else. He says, I'm going away, but I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'm going to come back and receive you. Then he tells them that he's going to send his helper, the advocate, the Holy Spirit to be with them and to dwell with them. And he says, it's actually better if I go away that I can send my spirit so I can be with you through the Holy Spirit. Then in verse 34, he says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Now, if we stop right there with you, now, wait a minute, Jesus must be confused because in scripture, they had already been commanded to love God. That's part of, a prayer that the Jews prayed every day to love the Lord their God with all their all their heart, soul, and mind. Every bit of their being. So that was part of their daily existence as Jews is to love God. And also in Leviticus, they were told to love their neighbor. So there's this sense of the love commandment already. But Jesus transforms that love commandment and gives it another part. Listen to the second part of verse 34. And here's where the new part comes in. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. So there's the newness of this command. Jesus has already demonstrated his love for them. He's washed their feet, but he's about to show the ultimate sign of his love by dying on the cross. Now, that is one of the simplest commands in, Bible, in the Bible, but it's also one of the most complex commands in the Bible. Now, think about it. Any child could understand. To love one another as Christ has loved us. But as you plumb the depths of that statement and you think about what that means to look at the cross and look at the self-sacrificial love that Jesus said earlier in this, this discourse that he was going to love his followers to the very end. So the excruciating pain of the cross, he will go through this self-sacrifice because of his love for us, loving even the unlovable. He's going to die for people that aren't going to really don't even love him back. So to think of the radical nature of the love of Jesus, that is the commandment he's given us. He's saying, look, here is the the ultimate. Here's what I'm asking of you is to love one another as I have loved you. Now think about what churches would be like tomorrow. If everyone said, you know what, we're going to aspire to this commandment of Jesus. We're going to love one another in, in the church. As Christ has loved us, imagine the squabbling and and how that would end and the silliness and the pettiness that we have over, it's really the dumbest stuff that Christians get upset about. That would be gone tomorrow. And verse 35 should be the part that really gets to us. It's the most damning part of this passage. He says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. Now, what I'm about to say, I'm not making light of these things, okay? So don't think I think these are bad, what I'm saying. Uh, but he doesn't say that people are going to know us by the t-shirts we wear and the jewelry with crosses on it that we wear or the bumper stickers on our car, so on and so forth. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But the true indicator of a follower of Jesus is the love that we have for one another. People will look at the church and go, man, there's something about those people, how they love one another, how they take care of one another, how they forbear one another, how they put up with one another, how they find unity. And that is the true mark of the church. If we want to show the gospel to the world, it really needs to start here with our love for each other. So today's reading is very simple but also very humbling. And here's the good news. We could not do this on our own. Being part of the new covenant means we've been given the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes into us and enables us through our cooperation. The Holy Spirit doesn't come down and you know take you hostage. But through your cooperation, the Holy Spirit enables you to have this kind of love. It can't be in your own Ability, Because really what the flesh does, as human beings, the flesh is selfish. The flesh, as Martin Luther and others have have noticed, great teachers uh, of of past and history, have said that really the, the sinful nature, the fleshly part of a person, turns inward. It's this incurvature toward ourselves, and so we become more and more selfish, and so it limits our love for others. Love is the ultimate pushing back against the sinful passions and the epithemia. Love is saying it's not about me, but it's about the other person. So we are enabled by God's spirit to do this. This is not something we're going to do through just a lot of hard work and self-help seminars. This is something God enables us to do by cooperating with his spirit. And he will change us and, and transform us and sanctify us until we become loving people. So as our life progresses in Christ, as we grow in the fruit of the Spirit, in this organic growth of the Spirit in our life, we're going to become more and more loving people, not more and more bitter people. If you're a Christian, you're becoming more and more bitter in your life. Something is not right. As a Christian, if I'm growing and maturing in Jesus, I'm becoming a more and more loving person. That is the ultimate goal. So let's go back with all that in mind. Just think about the glory that Jesus is going to receive. Think about how he glorifies the Father in his obedience. Think about this commandment that he's giving us. Once again, verses 31 through 35. This is John 13. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I'm with you, you will seek me just as I said to the Jews. So now I also say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I've loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Well, I appreciate you tuning in today and and listening to this podcast. I want to encourage you, in this current quarantine, we're streaming our services. We'll have a video of our service. I would love for you to to be with us and and listen to the sermon. I'm going to provide a link in the program notes today where you can go to this Sunday. If you want to stay in the gospel of John, we're going to study John 14 this week in the sermon. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. So if you've got questions about who is the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you to listen to our sermon Sunday or watch our sermon. But once again, those links will be in the program notes today. If you would like to, to watch our service and be a part of our sermon Sunday. Uh, My thoughts and prayers are with you, and I just hope to see you back on Monday as we pick up with a psalm reading. We'll be looking at Psalm 22 on Monday, I believe, and then we'll get right back into the Gospel of John. Hope you have a great weekend, and God bless.